All right, guys, happy Wednesday from Deacon Hoover Real Estate. The Deacon is here once again on a Wednesday. Alex, what's going on now that we are here for real estate investing with Alex Deacon? Word. Word on a Wednesday. Word to your mother. Word to your mama on a Wednesday. I'm here. I'm, I, think, I think we're all here. We're going to analyze a deal in 60 seconds. 60 seconds? Yep. It's 60 seconds. This is a quick one, folks. I mean, it's really possible in 60 seconds. This isn't just Ooh, a cool... Uh, 60 seconds, that's on my... Cool movie with Nicholas Cage. That's on a down day for me. I can just do it in six. <laughs> so how do we uh, analyze the deal in 60 name seconds? Name that tune. Remember that show? Oh, I love that show. Name that tune. Yeah. I can name that tune in six seconds. Mm-hmm. In no, six notes, mm-hmm. right? Six notes, yeah. It was about three or four notes. They should All bring right. that back. Yeah, anyway, they should. That was an awesome show. So analyzing a deal in 60 seconds, Mr. Deacon. Yes, we're going to talk about this because what do we talk about always is building a team. There's only 168 hours in a day. Mm-hmm. You're only on this planet for you know the average of 80 mm-hmm. years, blah, 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 blah. So you need to be able to analyze deals super quickly. Yep. Why is that? Time, time is money. Because there's a lot of competition out there too, mm-hmm. right? So if you're spending four hours to analyze a deal, guys like me are going to analyze it in 40 seconds. We're going to get it before you do yeah. Okay. You're gonna win every time. So I'm not saying like Alice is the greatest on the planet. Well, I'm I'm pretty close, but you know what I'm saying. But I'm, what I'm saying, lost. what I mean is, <laughs> if you got to be freaking ready to jump on those deals, but you you have to have some. You, I call it your real estate IQ mm-hmm. has to be high enough where you can make those split decisions, and you know, you know what? Here's the deal: is you know some deals you're gonna lose money, some deals you're gonna make money. It's called risk management. So you have to be like, I'll buy a property, and sometimes I know I'm gonna, I don't know I'm gonna lose, but there's potential. But I know that the loss, like the downside, is something I can live with because mm-hmm. I'm buying ten deals that quarter. Say I'm buying five deals this month. Okay. Out of the five, I know three are home runs. I know one's marginal, and I know one has a good probability of losing money. But I know what that loss is gonna be. So in order to be able to run like that and, and just keep the wheels turning and continue buying, you have to be able to analyze a deal pretty quickly. The only way you can do it, the quicker, it's not going to come this quick to when you're just starting out. So it takes years and years of just watching the market and knowing what to look for. It's, it's really not that difficult. I'm, I'm looking at, We're going to talk about some simple things, but there's a lot more to it than just these simple things that you mm-hmm. have to look at. And, you, and the deal is you have to look at a high volume. So even if you're good at analyzing a deal, if you're not looking at enough of them, you're never going to get any because there's only so many out there. So it's a matter of the numbers game. You have to analyze so many deals, so many per day, so many per year, and you have to make offers on so many. And eventually, if you, you have enough at-bats, you're going you're gonna to hit a, a single or a home run. And ultimately, this is another one where knowledge is the greatest tool in your toolbox, correct? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, always is, mm. but it's it's only effective if you use it. Mm-hmm. So that a tool, you might have the greatest toolbox on the planet, but if you ever open up the toolbox and use the tools, this is no different, right? Right, correct. Okay, so how do I analyze a deal in sixty seconds? Uh, Alex, how would you analyze a deal in sixty seconds? Well, I'm going to look. For? I'm going to tell you right now. <laughs> you got the stopwatch. Let's go. Ready? My fake stopwatch. Ready? It's clobber. It's clobber. I look at the... I look at... The first thing I'll look at is pictures. Pictures are the... They say a thousand words. I was right? just about okay, to say that. So yeah, thank you. I just made it up. 
Pitchers says a thousand words. Yeah, you know what? I yeah, think yeah. you did make that up. I did. Never heard that before. Never. So pitchers say a thousand words. So if I'm driving by a property, let's say, first of all, I'm not even driving by anything. I'm analyzing it from in my pajamas at mm-hmm. home mm-hmm. in front of my computer. Okay. So I'm going to get an address. Let's say I have 20 addresses that were sent to me from an agent. Mm-hmm. Agent said, hey, look at these 20 homes. They look decent. I'm going to go to each home on Google Drive on um, Google Earth mm-hmm. and check it out. What am I looking for? What's the first thing you're going to look for? What? What? Just give me an idea. What you would look for? Oh, uh, right off the bat, exterior. Look at how the roof roof is. Uh, look at. Uh, I'm trying to think. This is where like me being a numbskull when it comes to houses. I'm um, looking at the siding. See what what kind of condition mm-hmm. the siding is. Maybe if it needs a paint job. Initially, look at the exterior. See how much money might have to go into the exterior before. Exactly. You... Oh, so, okay. So it's, wow. And, and that's it's perfect. So wow. look at that. The, the first thing you need to know is what the price is. Okay. Because price is going to dictate how long you spend even looking at it okay. online. So let's say it's in a it's a or A B C or D area. D being the worst, A being the best. Let's say it's in a B area. And it's got a C price on it. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. It's got a C price on it. That's already a plus. So I've spent a little more time looking at it. So if I look at the picture and the first thing I see is 42 steps to get to the front door. That's already a negative, right? Okay. How many people want to buy a house with 42 steps to the front door? Right, yeah. So I might overlook that. I might say, okay, well, maybe it's got parking in the back. And if it doesn't say anything on the printout that I got from my agent, I can go to Google Earth and I can look and see if it has an alley. If it does, is there a garage? No. Well, is there potential to put a garage there? So can I add value to that property with a reasonable amount of investment and and still make a profit? So steps, and then the things that you mentioned were the exterior. Is it all brick? Is it wood? Is it like a 100-year-old house with steel wood siding on it? And it's peeling. So I've got potentially lead paint there. I have potentially, I have to side that entire house. Uh, you know, there's a lot of money there that needs to be spent. So if I know that that price is a C price, so it's a, it's, let's say, $150,000 neighborhood, and the house is $100,000, doesn't leave me a whole lot of margin, right? Because right? if I buy it for 100 and I have to put, you can't even get out of, you can't get in and out of a deal without putting ten thousand into a house. Okay. Just carpet paint and cleaning it up is ten thousand. Oh. So let's say I had minimal amount of work to do. That's one hundred ten thousand. Then I have my buy cost, my sell cost, my whole cost. That's another fifteen. So I'm already at one twenty five. That gives me a twenty five thousand dollar margin. Okay. That's not bad. But if that house is priced at one twenty, it is bad. Right. Or if that house is priced at a hundred. And I see all those steps, and then I see the wood siding. I know without even going in that I, I know I got at least just by looking at the outside. Typically, will tell you a lot about what the inside looks like. Okay. So if the outside is completely dilapidated, not taken care of, it's a good chance that those people didn't do much on the inside either. So something like that, you can just skip and go into the next one. Okay. Now, would I always skip and go into the next one? No, because the other things I'll look at. This is what I say that. It's easy, but it's not easy. So that doesn't mean as as soon as I drive by a house and Alex said if it has a lot of steps, pass on it. What it means is if you drive by a house that has a lot of steps and it needs work, that means you need to get it a way lower price. Mm-hmm. So if it's at 100000 and you need to get it at 50, it's not likely that the seller's going to take half of what's owed on it like or what they want. Right. That's just not likely. 
So I might put that one on the back burner. Okay. Because what I'll look at is how long has it been on the market? Okay, so okay. I really like this area. I don't like the price. I don't like the steps and the condition. But, hmm, it's been on the market for two years. Then I might go in at half price. You know what? You, probably, you folks want to get rid of this and sell it for 50 and be done with it. If, it's, if all those conditions are the same that I just mentioned, but it's only been on the market two days, what are the chances of me wasting my time putting in an offer, going to see it, and getting it for $50,000? Probably slim It's not. not. Yeah. So those are like the split like decisions that you need to make. Do I put an offer on it? Do I get my car and go look at it or not? So it depends how many properties you have to look at that day. If I only have 20 to look at that week, mm -hmm. then I can spend a little more time and do a little more due diligence. If I have 100 to look at, then I'm going Just to put a lot. Some of them I'll put on the back burner, and I'll say, like, hey, maybe come back, look at that in two months. Mm -hmm. Some I'll eliminate completely. But again, it depends. When you're analyzing deals, sometimes it depends on how much money you have, how many deals you have going on. Because sometimes when I'm light on deals, I will purchase things at less of a margin just to keep things going. Okay. You know, so if I typically want to make $20,000, but I'm only going to make six on this one, I might still buy it because I have people that I have to employ. Right. You know, and it keeps things churning. And, right. you know, sometimes you buy something for less of a margin just, just because of that. Right. It pays the bills. Yep. In a way. Yeah. Yeah. Keeps everybody happy and you just keep things rolling. So steps. I look at parking. Parking's important. Now it depends what areas you're talking about. It's like you can't take this literally because if you never bought a property because it had steps or you're never going to buy a property because it's on street parking, you're making a huge mistake. What I'm saying is parking add value, right? It, mm -hmm. It's simple. Parking yeah, right. adds value. Garages add value. There's certain areas in Pittsburgh, like the south side, that parking is a premium. So if you're waiting to buy a property in the south side that only has parking, you'll never find anything. Right. You know, so it'll be very difficult. So depending on what neighborhood you're looking in, parking is absolute necessity. And if you're looking in neighborhoods that parking isn't really that important because nobody else has parking, mm -hmm. you, need to, you need to be able to delineate that. Okay. So you need to know when parking is super important and when it isn't. Like another example is in the south side of Pittsburgh, there's a lot of um, little alleys and really, really tight streets. Oh, it's way, if, if, yeah, yeah, if anybody's I mean, listening, it's not gotta, familiar, it's yeah, atrocious. You, most people got to put their mirrors in yeah. <laughs> because they'll be taken off because they're very tight. I try to stay away from areas like that, mm -hmm. you know? But if the deal's good enough, the number's low enough, then I'm going to go through with that. But that's one thing you need to look at is how narrow is the street? Is there parking? Is is there a, an opportunity to put parking in? Sometimes it doesn't have to have parking, but like we talked about the one with the steps and mm -hmm. the, has an alley in the back, and it might have a flat yard in the back, which can easily sustain a garage or off street parking, then you could add huge value there mm -hmm. for very minimal. Okay. Now and through pictures too, is this a, a good way to to kind mm -hmm. of 
and not, not necessarily see how big the property is, but see where your property lines are and at least see like we've talked about before, you know, in the pictures, the pictures a lot of times it's called the, you know, the angle theory. Pictures are taken with specific angles so sometimes you can't see certain aspects of the backyard or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, with, with using Google Earth in, in correspondence with the pictures, do you also look for, like, say, somebody's backyard? It looks great, but all of a sudden it's a drop off, and then there's just a highway behind oh. it. You know, versus. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. So you you will use Google Earth a lot, and then if the property's in like Allegheny County, which is that's a part of Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. people don't know Allegheny County. It's just it's a, it's a county in the state of Pennsylvania, and this county happens to have a pretty good website. So when you go onto their website, you can pull up the property. And look at an overhead view of it, and it has like the boundary lines. Very yeah, good. Yeah, so it'll show okay. you the frontage, what the depth of it is, and it's pretty accurate. The thing you can't look at is sometimes those lines are like it's not exact because the house may actually look like it's on the it's on someone else's property. Right. It's just because the way it's mapped on the site, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. Right. But I'm told that the the frontages and the depth is very accurate. So that's real important to look at because a good example is I bought a house with a very steep, uh, with a lot of steps. This house had at least 40 steps to it. And the reason I bought it was, one, the price was very good. Two, the market was hot. Three, this property had an odd shape. It was literally an L-shaped lot. It went straight back and it made a left turn. That's kind of cool. It is cool. And I wouldn't have known that without the county website because the person I bought it of off of was uh, was the bank, so they didn't know. Okay. So the county website showed that, you know, uh, that was part of the property. So it had a garage on it in the back. Okay. Had a huge value, right? Right. So the price was good. The house um, needed a lot of work, but the value was there, and it had a garage. Even though it had a lot of steps to get to the front door. Gotcha. That's okay. where a good deal is by doing your due diligence and knowing the area, knowing the market, and using the technology and tools that you have to be able to delineate what's good and what's not. Yeah. Um, another thing to look at is, does the property have a view? Real simple, there's an area in Pittsburgh, it's called Mount Washington, and some of those properties have a tremendous view of the three rivers That's and the city, amazing, yeah. the skyline. You could be three or four streets back, and the house is worth literally one-tenth Mm-hmm. of what that same house is. So sometimes something with a view or maybe you can add a view. Maybe you can add a third story or you can add a deck off of, the, of a window that it can actually give you a view can add value. Real quickly, if you know recent sales, that's real helpful too because if you get a list of 20 houses that we talked about, so your agent sends you 20 houses, you're looking at those houses, you can sift and so If you know the market and you know the streets, mm-hmm. And you know that neighborhood really well. I can go through 20 houses in literally like two minutes, you know? Because I'll click the house and I'm like, oh, I know that house. I know where it's located. I know the house next to it's next to it's a piece of crap. I know there's a bar on the other side of the house that's way overpriced next. Right. Gotcha. Right? So once you get to focus in and hone in on your market, again, you'll be able to You'll be able to go through 20 properties sometimes in, in two minutes. But sometimes I'll get three or four properties sent to me in areas I don't know really well. Mm-hmm. They might take me an hour okay. because I'm trying to figure out, okay, I don't know this market. This house looks really good. 
I need to do my due diligence here. And sometimes it takes a lot longer. And, and so, that's what's going to, it's going to take people a long time to learn this. So don't be like, you know, set back if it takes you an hour to analyze one property, but you'll get better at it. And this, this is absolutely one that's process over outcome because you might not see the instant results, but if you keep with the process, you'll see the results long term. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big process over, over outcome guy. So this is one that learn to utilize the tools that are given to you and the knowledge. And, and as you're going through, learn these neighborhoods, know these neighborhoods. And even if you don't end up buying, you know, investing in, in these in these properties, know what they went for. So if you have a house two houses down, mm -hmm. at least you know what the going rate in that market is. Here's another good one, too, that you can, will help you analyze a deal in 60 seconds. And this is not literal, right? It might take you 65 seconds. Mm -hmm. It might take you six minutes right but I bought one recently in an area that I wasn't familiar with and it's only 40 minutes from my from where I'm, we're sitting right now but 40 minutes is a long drive and I don't know that area I don't buy anything over there I called a partner of mine I said because I've done deals I said look what do you think about this he said it's a great deal boom that was it Beaver bought County. it no it wasn't Beaver County <laughs> but I bought it but I teamed up with him okay so they own the market. They have the resources out that way. We're going to do the deal. We're going to make some money, split it up. That's fine. Because I, I would have never bought that property. And everybody It's wins. too far for me. My crews don't go out that way. They're not going to travel. It, it, just, it was too difficult. Feasible. Right. But why waste the opportunity when I could team up with somebody? Exactly. Or if you don't if you don't want to team up with somebody, then you just know the deal and you say, hey, I want a finder's fee. Can you give me 10%, which might be $3,000? Never has always look for a way to make it happen. Yeah, that's called wholesaling. Okay, you know, deal finding, you're bird dogging, you're making the finder's fee. Bird dogging, I like that. So one thing, uh, the other thing you look for is what's next door. Like we talked about, is there a bar next door and then a vacant lot next door, with you know grass five feet high, right? Or is the vacant lot next door something that? Like here, we bought a property in Homestead, and we own the house. It's a nice home. The problem is, the house next door is absolutely deplorable. It it needs to be torn down. Squatter, the, squatter's it, house. Oh, it's not even. It's not even like squatter worthy. <laughs> oh yeah. man. Oh Jesus. And then the, the lot to the right is just overgrown. It's nasty. So, at that point, you know, as an investor, you could potentially get. The lot and the house, tear the house down, own the lot, but that costs money. Right. And when you do that, if you're doing long-term buy and hold and hoping the values will go up, it costs money to do that, and you're not going to get any of that money back for a long time. So the thing you need to weigh is your options: is do I want to buy that house, do my 60-second evaluation, knowing that in order to really sell this house for its maximum value. At some point, whether it's now or later, I'm going to have to acquire the lot, and I'm going to have to acquire the dilapidated house. Okay. Okay. They might have a dilapidated boat in the back too. A dilapidated boat. Very true. <laughs> Very true. And tires throughout the yeah, exactly. and beer cans, and <laughs> name it. But so what? Our plan on that one is we're going to hold the house. We're renting it out. Um, and eventually we're hoping that the township will tear the house down because the townships probably have a hundred houses on their houses to be raised and they're just going to go as they get the money they'll start tearing down the houses right okay. so eventually they're going to get to that one right so why should i buy an old dilapidated lot and a house on it and spend ten thousand dollars to tear down the house when, when 
hopefully it'll be it's inevitable right okay. so we're going to sit on that one buy and hold strategy is to eventually maybe acquire both parts parcels and hopefully buy one plus one plus one won't equal three it might equal ten because now we have three lots um, another thing to look at real quick is what economic development's coming that way. Is there something big happening? Is there are there some road construction? Is there a major highway coming towards that area? So when I'm evaluating something, I'm not only looking at is there steps, is there parking, is there a view, what's the condition of the outside? I'm also looking at the upside potential. So I don't have a problem buying something that maybe breaks even or maybe even loses money if there's a huge potential upside to it. So if you can afford to do that, that's fine. And occasionally we'll do that. I don't have endless amounts of money, and most investors don't. Most investors are just starting out. They mm. can't afford to take that risk. Because right. you know, waiting for a road to be built or waiting for economic development to come through that or they're speculating right. can take 10 years, maybe 20 years. It could take 10 years and then maybe 10 more years before it actually starts to sprout what you're waiting for. So just to, in, again, to just, in a nutshell, what do I look for? I look for things like steps, parking, view, quickly recent sales, what's next door, what's the neighbor, what's the street like? You know, you do a quick street view and see what that street like, because sometimes two streets over is a completely different area. Could be the same school, school district, could be literally two blocks over. Mm -hmm. That street could be worth 20, 30, 40% more than the street you're buying on. Where I'm at, two blocks literally, it's night and day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that should be helpful. There's so much more to it than what we just talked about. But over time, if you just continue to hone your skills, and what I always tell people is to focus on a certain market, don't try to buy in every market, don't try to be commercial, industrial residential, flipping, buy and hold. Focus on one small segment in one small area, get really good at it, and then expand from there. And it's, and, and like we always say, you know, I think it's important to, to don't get frustrated with the process. You know what I mean? Stick to the process because you're going to get better. And each, each deal that you either make or, or break, and you know, it's, you're going to learn and you're going to learn. And then at the end of the year, like we always say, 250% better. Mm-hmm. You got it, brother. All right. Um, now, now that we know how to analyze a deal in 60 seconds, Alex, Yes. Um, real quick, how much do you recommend, and, and I, I know that, um, and this is going to be different for every investor, but what percentage, this is just going to be an off question, what percentage do you think should be a buy and hold scenario in your portfolio? Oh, wow, that's that's a tough question. That, that really depends on your personal... That, there's no real clear answer. With yeah, this, there is isn't okay. because depending on where you are financially and your uh, ability to handle being a landlord, sustain it. Right, correct, right. Oh, yeah, and right. Depending on what areas you're purchasing in, um, depending on how much money you have available. In my opinion, if you have experience and you have capital and you don't need that cash flow to sustain your way of life mm -hmm. from your rental portfolio, 
then I think buy and hold is long term by far way better. Okay. Because over time, real estate always appreciates. Mm-hmm. Over time, rents always go up. Mm-hmm. There are huge tax benefits when owning real estate and when selling real estate as a, an investment property owned and rented, you pay less taxes on it called capital gains. Okay. So over the long term, it's a better play. But if you need that money to pay your bills now it's not and to work. grow, sometimes people start out wholesaling and flipping more mm-hmm. once, and then once they actually start building a sustainable income, then they can start setting some money aside and buying the whole, the, the whole properties. And, and the reason why I ask that is because I think this shows how imperative being able to analyze the deal in 60 seconds is because you know buy and hold is a great way long term to make a lot of money. But how much of it is that really going to be of what you're investing in? You know, so I, I think that the buy and hold thing is great, but you need to know whether they're flips, whether it's whatever. These are the properties you're going to be doing in 60 seconds. You're going to analyze your. It's going to be your quick looks, your quick takes. That's why I kind of want to ask that question mm-hmm. on the side. So, very good, very good. Well, Alex, anything you would like to sprinkle on top of this one? Since I had my question there, I'm just waiting for the spring, brother. So am I. You yeah. and me both. <laughs> no, but it's, it's it's a pleasure trying to you know. To do my best to help our listeners learn something. Sometimes these these I know these podcasts get mundane, boring, laborious. It's just the way. That's what business is. Mm-hmm. It's not excitement. What you see on TV is not what the what you do in, in real life. And, and we, it's just it, it is. It's the basics. It's boring, but there are times of excitement. And those are when you find the deal, and that's when you sell a property for high profit, and that's when you make the right decisions. That's when you get that rush. And that's rush. what charges me up. Yep. You know? That's when it, and, yeah. and I think it's, it sounds like is we hope that you guys are pulling something out of this. Even if it's you know one per episode, one little tip or one little trick that you learn and, and, and it helps you succeed and it helps bring a little bit more cash into your pockets. That's why we are doing this, guys. You know, so, and, and we do know that you know, listen, business isn't supposed to be always be uh, fun and exciting. We try to spice it up a little bit. We bring in guests from time to time, uh, like when Arnold was here, and you oh, know, yeah, we Arnold had, I mean, was here. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, we try to do. Rocky you know, was here. Uh, uh, you know, Rocky was here. You yeah, know, it's uh, the Rock. Next time, the Rock. The Rock. Yeah. Who else is coming next? Uh, who knows? Do we point. know? Yeah. We'll, we'll Maybe we'll get Ronda Rousey in here. We'll get, we'll we'll get, we'll get Vince McMahon that. to come in and pitch the XFL. Yeah. We'll see. Um, but we hope you guys are uh, taking something from this and utilizing it. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on Deacon Hoover. Uh, just follow us at Deacon Hoover on Twitter. Search Facebook for Deacon Hoover Real Estate. Uh, we're on there. Make sure you're liking us, following us on all the social media sites, LinkedIn. Um, we uh, Look for Alex on Bigger Pockets. Look for Alex on... Um, let me see where is he at. Look at it. Look for Alex on Meetup.com. Uh, he's always got a monthly uh, Meetup session uh, that he does. Listen, Alex Deacon is all over the place. Make sure you're checking out uh, this particular podcast every week, and uh, make sure you're checking out Deacon Hoover Real Estate Advisors for any of your real estate needs. Now that I rambled off uh, the the ending here, guys, we thank you so much for tuning into this episode, and we will see you guys next time.